this is how we disable toxic masculinity. We need to kill all men. This pagan patriarchalism that is coming back out of the shadows. Feminists hate patriarchy. It's the woman that runs the show and the woman that runs the community and is the backbone of, of that area. I'm a nasty woman. A loud, vulgar, proud woman. Patriarchy. Are you saying you have authority over me? Go eat your superior. I personally can't see why egalitarianism would be a bad thing. The assumption that wives should make babies instead of money is part of the patriarchy. Don't say hi to strange women you don't know. Patriarchy. The patriarchy. 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 need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. And that is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. You are on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network and you are listening to the Patriarchy. My name is Tony Depani, and I am joined by my co-host, Pastor Joseph Randall Spurgeon. Woman, get back in here and make me a sandwich. Joseph, what kind of sandwich are you eating today? Well, I had a short little sandwich. It was just like a small little thing. It had he's, some ham. He's already smiling. I'm worried. <laughs> it had ham and bacon, lettuce and tomato, and onions on it. And uh, um, anyways, just fix this little thing. Really wasn't enough to eat. I mean, like, small sandwich. So I was kind of hungry, but I had to go visit this older lady at church. And so I was sitting there in her house and we were talking and uh, I noticed like she got up and was going to another room. I noticed there was like this jar of peanuts sitting there. And I was like, I guess she put this out for me to be able to eat and all that stuff. So I just like, well, I'll grab a couple of those. And so we're talking and, you know, I, I didn't intend to. But by the end of our conversation, I'd eaten the whole jar of peanuts. Oh, what size jar? That's that's not that's that's not a good. Yeah, I mean, not like a jar, like a what do you want a container or whatever. Yeah, the like container, a yeah, those are pretty bowl. big containers though. A bowl. That mess your stomach up. Yeah, so I ate all the peanuts and and then I realized that and I felt bad and I was like, "Oh, ma'am, I am so sorry. I I saw these sitting here and I didn't even think to ask. I thought I'd have a couple, but by the tenth time." We were done. I ate them all. And she said, that's okay. She said, ever since she lost her teeth, all she could do is suck the chocolate off of them anyways. Oh, gross. Oh, oh, oh that's so disturbing. Oh, oh, that's so nasty. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, if ever, oh, if ever we have had a point in the show where, where a bunch of new listeners just were like, I'm done. I'm done. This show's not for me. That was it. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to stop listening to our show after that one. I don't know why they were not so salty. No, it's just stop. Oh, that's so nasty. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, oh. oh that's so gross. 
<laughs> I don't even remember what I ate anymore. I just can't get this idea of these. Oh, this is so nasty. <laughs> You're kind of like those the peanuts. You feel assaulted. Oh, so just, oh, I don't even want to think about the peanuts anymore. Oh, oh, goodness. Oh, gross. Oh, we have a container of peanuts in the house, and now I can't eat them. You just ruined peanuts for me. Gummy for like, peanuts. No. Oh. Ew. Oh, God. Oh, God. Why? Oh. oh, that has to be the worst one ever. Oh, my goodness. That's terrible. Okay, let's move on to something that's actually appetizing. Like, uh, in a, oh, gosh, that's so nasty. <laughs> I, I had a real sandwich, Nose. You, what? Where? I did have a real sandwich in my story. You, you should be proud of me for that. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I don't remember what it was anymore. What was it? It was that little ham sandwich with tomatoes and bacon. Oh, that's and right. I was like, I just so overshadowed by the grossness at the end of that. That's true. You did say that. Okay, I will give you that. That's actually, I don't know if you actually ate that, but at least it was a real sandwich in a story. That's that's a, yeah. if any first time listeners, that's a step up for him. Okay. Usually there's not even a sandwich in like the story. Like if she had to gnaw on those peanuts, no, she could have had no, a peanut No, I'm going to mute your mic. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> that's nasty. Okay, moving Her on. Her name was Reese's. Just stop. Her name was Reese's. <laughs> left a little Reese's pieces. No. Pieces there for me. Okay. Oh, man. Oh. oh, I do this for you people. I do this for you folks. I endure it for you. This is for the fans. Anyway, I have a real sandwich that my wife actually made. It is somewhat of a repeat of before, but she makes this shredded chicken sandwich that she marinates in uh, barbecue sauce. And this time she marinated it in Jim Beam bourbon barbecue sauce. And I got to tell you, it's phenomenal. Although it did bring up some questions. My kids were like, Dad, what's bourbon? And uh, it's like, well, not for you right now. But uh, it was it was very good, and it did actually have a that, that kind of like honey bourbon taste to it. It was really good. So I give my wife credit, and I give me credit because I didn't have a gross story about an old lady, and I had a real sandwich that my wife made. So I think I win a lot of points there, and like every episode, I win this segment. I have a real story, a real sandwich. Oh man, that was nasty. Okay, we're gonna move on from that. I don't even have a segue because we have we have. Uh, figured out in the past that I'm I'm not the Segway salesman. But we're going to move on to a new segment we have not done, but it's similar to another segment we've done, which is when I open up my mouth, miracles start breaking out. What? Evangelicalism ruins everything. And this bit comes to you from Pat Robertson, the 700 Club. I have not heard this. Joseph has. Here we go. I think you can say, well, Putin's out of his mind. Yes, maybe so. But at the same time, he's being compelled by God. He went into the Ukraine, but that wasn't his goal. His goal was to move against Israel ultimately. And God is getting ready to do something amazing. And that will be fulfilled. And what Putin is doing by moving as he is to set up uh, Ukraine as as a uh, staging ground for one of the armies, and then across is is Erdogan at Turkey, and and you've got between them that little Dardanelles area. 
Okay, is it just me or is Pat Robertson the Joe Biden of evangelicalism? Like he just says stuff, and he's just he's just this little old man, so you kind of kind of feel bad for him, but he's just saying ridiculous stuff. I don't. Oh. Are we listening to the rest oh, of this? Man. Are we gonna do this? Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. Come on, right, come on man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. I think we got like about thirty seconds of this left. Oh goodness. Here we go. It's going to happen. So I just say that is what's coming up. Is Putin crazy? Is he mad? Well, perhaps. But God says, I'm going to put hooks in your jaws and I'm going to draw you into this battle, whether you like it or not. And he's being compelled after the move into the Ukraine. He's being compelled to move again to get a land bridge and then across the Dardanelles with Turkey and watch what's going to happen next. You read your Bible because it's coming to pass. Oh, boy. Man. Did you know all that was in the Bible? (laughs) No, it's uh, it's apparently apparently missing out of my Bible and all Bibles, except the scribbling in the back of Pat Robertson's Bible. I think uh, the 700 edition. So it's the whole, there's a discipline... There's a, a dispensational thing where they look at uh, Mog and uh, uh, what is it? I actually want to say blog and my blog, but uh, Gog and <laughs> Gog my blog. And, yeah. uh, I can't even do it now. And uh, I think it's Gog and Magog. Yes. <laughs> and uh, they also look at a word called Ross, R O S. Yes. Yeah. H, I think. I know where you're going Rosh. with Ross. Yep. And they're like, well, see, it starts with the O and I mean, it starts with an R and it almost sounds like Russia. <laughs> and you see, I mean, don't you see it? Like you, 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 you see it. Yeah. 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 And, sure. and then what they're doing is taking old Testament texts, which are prophetic word to the people of God in the old Testament. And uh, in particular about God's discipline upon them, that he was bringing nations upon them. And in particular, the word Rosh was, is, is a word for like uh, the, um, it's a word, a Hebrew, Hebrew word. It doesn't mean Russian. Of course it does. What it's more like <laughs> Prince or prime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except for what? I uh, know. I said, of course it does. What, what did you? Of course. Of course it means yeah. Russia. We say it means Russia. Yeah. And so we've got this silliness, and this is what happens every time. And what's interesting about it is Russia would, in the most part, claim to be a Christian country. I mean, there are Christians. It, it's at one point in time was the defender of Constantinople. So there is a connection to Turkey, and that the Turks overtook Constantinople, and the Russians were considered themselves the defender of Constantinople, and even consider themselves the third Rome, but, um, it was deeply Eastern Orthodox, correct? Right. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I'm not talking predating our kind of notions of modern notions of these things. You go back to the sacking of Constantinople by the Turks. Yep. Right. And, uh, and before that, even the Russians first tried to take Constantinople and then, uh, the first Vladimir actually, uh, um, converted to Christianity 
and became the protector of Constantinople. So you kind of have that kind of stuff, history, which none of these dispensationalists know that. And so they're pushing this. Anytime any kind of war thing happens, it's like, it's the end of the world. And this is this has all been said before. And there is some truth to that, right? There is truth that whatever Putin is doing, it is being compelled by the by God, the same thing whatever Biden is doing, yep. right? God turns the hearts of kings. I was thinking of that, actually, as he was saying it. I was like, well, he's okay there, but then he kept going. Yeah, but what he wants to say, it's like, oh, this is about attacking Israel, and we got to defend yeah. Israel, and everything is about Narcissism. all that. And so it's just like, it's kind of, it's just, you know, we called the segment evangelicalism ruins everything. And, and some people are going to be like, what are, we, what are you talking about? Are you not evangelicals? And no, we are. We're uh, in, the, in the more classical um, uh, uh, sense of, um, oh, shoot. What's the, the good doc's name? The good doc's name? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, uh, Where are we going with this, <laughs> Doctor Seuss? No, uh, um, <laughs> no, not good, Doctor. You now you messed me up, man. They'll know who I'm talking about. I have a, my mind went blank. Right. Anyways, uh, sometime later on the episode, I'll shout it out real loud. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, he wrote a book on evangelicalism and what is an evangelical, and. Uh, and so we're in that vein, but modern evangelicalism has been corrupted. Anybody can be an evangelical, like the Pope can be an evangelical now. So, well, it's enough to kind of depress me, actually. And, you know, I think I am kind of convinced that the world's just going to hell. Okay. And so we're going to end the episode there, folks, and uh, really upbeat. (laughs) (laughs) I think I am convinced, you know, like, I mean, what is the perp, the point, man? It kind of makes you want to take the black pill. You know what I mean by that? Yes, I know. We've talked about that, I think, on the last episode or two. No, yeah, last episode. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the MGTOW stuff. But this is more of like this black pill, you know, if. So what's going on in our on the world right now as we're recording the episode is Russia attacking Ukraine and all that stuff and NATO and UN and everybody trying to cancel Russia. And it just makes you think, like, if they can cancel a whole country out of the economy, like, what, what, how can we even remotely stand up to them? And then you think about, like, uh, what happened with the trucker convoy and all that stuff. And so, I don't know. Um... I'm tempted to take the black pill. Like, why should we do, I mean, what's the point, right? What's the point of trying to have a home and raise it up when it can all be destroyed right away? For the, for the sake of new listeners, uh, Joseph's playing devil's advocate. So all of a sudden, we're not just having people go, well, why am I listening to these two guys? But we'll we'll, we'll go with that. So... Your your uh, so you went from red pill to to going your own way, and now you're just running into the darkness of the black pill, right? Just running off into the night. Yeah, like uh, you're just done with it all. 
you know, we, we talk about he for you, like, you know, the man of the house trying to build up a household for right. fighting the cosmos and all this stuff. And here's the fighting, thing, man, like, fighting you know, the cosmos. <laughs> I don't think well, that was the title of Sierra Wiley's book, but that'd be an awesome title. <laughs> man of the house fighting the cosmos. It's the next one. <laughs> but isn't that what it feels like sometimes? Yeah, you no, feel like that, everything's weighed down upon you, right? True enough. Like, true enough. You know, and you know, like you're already, what if you're already like 40 and you're finding this stuff out? Like you're halfway dead. I'm not 40. Who's 40? I'm not 40 either. <laughs> sure. I'm 41. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know. I know. Like, I've been there. What, what, like, you, you're talking about, like, I've heard people talking about, like, well, I'm going to try to disconnect from things. And, yep. We and you were telling me about that earlier, like like you're you're trying to set up your own servers or something like that. I'm like, what's the point, man? Because right. they can they can bomb your house, right? Sure. Well, the point that I well, okay, so let me back up a bit. <clears throat> what he's talking about, we had a conversation before we started recording. Um, I have a degoogled phone, so yeah, I have an Android phone. A lot of people are doing this. It's not anything special. I'm not trying to be like, oh, look at me. Uh, but I have a phone where I basically don't have any Google services. Martin Lloyd-Jones. Martin Lloyd-Jones. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, that was the name. Martin, Martin Lloyd-Jones. Jones. Okay, I got gotcha. you. told uh, you I'd remember yeah. at one point and just shout it out. Sorry, That's not, I, I was not. I was not going there with him, but yeah, okay. Sorry, backing up. Um, yeah, no, so I, uh, and this has been a slow thing over the past couple, uh, past year or something like that, I'm kind of trying to slowly uh, get myself out from under main big tech companies and things like that to not be reliant uh, solely on like the, these big companies or big stores or things like that. And that's admittedly, it's a bit of a feat if anybody's trying to do it. Um, and yes, I do have some of my own servers. I mean, I work in tech. So as my wife would attest, uh, I am not a socially awkward nerd, but uh, I am a nerd. And uh, why do I do this, though? Um, do I think that I'm going to hide from big tech and hide from the government? Like you said, that they could just drop a bomb on my house. And I've heard that, too. I've heard that. Um, I've heard that argument. You know, what's the point in, you know, what's the point in doing some of this? Like, for instance, uh, what's the point in uh, having a degooled phone when, I don't know, you could be in the room talking to somebody else and they don't have a degooled phone and it's listening to you? You know, are you just going to stay away from everybody else or screen their phones or make them toss it into a Faraday bag or a microwave or something like that? You know, and uh, sometimes yes and no. It depends on what you're talking about. But largely, no, you're not going to live your life in a hole. And uh, and when what's the point if uh, you have your own servers and the government could just do whatever it wants, bomb your house, hack into your servers, things like that, uh, which I think are all valid questions. And I understand the sentiment about kind of the overwhelming kind of dark, saturated feeling of like, look at everything that's going on. You know, you've got these two countries going to war. Our government is wholly corrupt. Uh, all these big tech companies are selling all your data to everybody. People are getting canceled or doxxed and all sorts of stuff like that. You know, what is the point in fighting back? Because, you know... Really, if you went head-to-head with a government that had nukes and tanks and things like that, if they were going to use them on you, yeah, you'd lose. Uh, so let's start Let's start with a couple bullet points, I think. I think part of it is, um, for Christians in particular, uh, if you're going to—not that I think every Christian has to have a de-googled phone— 
But if you're going to fight the good fight, as we like to say, and as the Bible says, and if you're going to do what we talk about on the show, which is try to make yourself a better man, better husband, better father, better brother, better church member, things like that. Um, if you're going to do that, why do you do that? And I think you have to start with the why do you do that before you get to the why do you do that in a culture that's like this. So I would say, and then you can come out of your black pill hole that you're in there and talk from your actual point of view. Um, I would say we do that because we're, as we're being sanctified, um, actually, you know what? I had a really good definition of sanctification. Here, let me bring it up. Uh, Of all places, I found this on wordnick.com. But one of the definitions of sanctification that I found that I thought was a really cool definition, a really nice, nicely put one was, it says, the state of being sanctified, purified, or made holy, conformity of the heart and life to the will of God. And I would say as we're being sanctified, you know, why are we, you know, what it's, it's kind of the thing of like, why do we, why do we pray for somebody to get well well, we know that God is all-knowing, right? And that God will do as he pleases. Uh, why do we ask God to you know, do this thing that's opposite of what's happening? Uh, why, why do we provide for our families when we're supposed to trust that God will provide for us? Um, I would say that as we're being sanctified to become like in the likeness of Christ, that that's part of doing that, that that's part of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit working in us and giving us the fruits of the Spirit and giving us those kind of attributes. And we are doing those things because we are becoming more like those attributes. We are coming more like Christ. So we're going to want to care for our own. We're going to want to protect others from harm and evil, and we're going to continue to do X, Y, and Z. So that then I think brings us to then the question you had, which is why do we continue to do that amidst all the stuff that's happening? So do you want me to keep going or would you like to keep going from there? He's pointing at me. You can't see that because it's an audio podcast. Okay. So I would say we keep doing it um, for the, actually really the same reasons that I, that we said. Um, It's not about, Actually, Joseph, you said this once. Actually, I think you said it before the episode um, that our our life or life does not end at our death, right? Is that what you said? Is that your quote? Yep, or something along those lines. Um, life. Well, what I meant was life doesn't end when I die. Right. All right. So we could be like Hezekiah, and so I mean Hezekiah had a lot of great things, but there was a point when like God told him that judgment was coming after he died and hezekiah was like oh good there'll be peace in my life Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a calloused view of like what's going to happen after you die and when you die unless christ returns the world's going to keep going life will keep going and so uh now carry on with your thought about that um yeah so Life keeps going. So I was thinking, especially right now, I think the reason that we get to the point where we think about what is the point in doing this right now is because, and we've said this on the show before, is that men are about a mission. You know, we're not about us right now. We're about the mission. And what is the mission? The mission is 
right, to make disciples and even physically make disciples, right? We, we have children, we raise them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, and we send them off to become believers and to do the same. And there is this legacy, which is the mission of the legacy, and there is making more people to worship God, uh, making more people that will continue to do the right thing to try to live righteous lives even amidst a wicked culture. And I think that, and I will admit, I, I've lost sight of that at times too. It, it is very easy to get bogged down when all of this kind of stuff happens. I mean, right now, if you are like most Americans and you just are scrolling through your Twitter feed, your Facebook feed, whatever feed, even Instagram, um, heck, even if you're looking at some of, you know, Christian shows that talk about things, everybody's talking about the Ukraine-Russia thing. I mean, even we mentioned it on this episode, right? I mean, you can't get away from it. Um, but if you're saturating yourself with what's going on right now, a lot of times you lose sight of what should be going on in the future. You start losing sight of the mission. And then it makes it all about how I feel right now. It makes it all, it kind of gets very introverted. I don't know if that's the right word. It, it just, everything gets turned back and it's looking at yourself and how I feel and what I can do right now versus what should I be doing to make something in the future? You know, how, how should I be looking down the line? How should I be talking to my kids about, certainly what's going on right now, but also how should we talk to my kids about like who to, how to find somebody to marry? What kind of person should you be marrying? Uh, you know, how, my, my sons, you know, what are you going to do when you grow up? You know, let me teach you how to work with your hands. Let me teach you how to do these things that are useful. Let me teach you how to be kind and loving to your sister and protective of your mom, you know, and all of those kind of things. I think we lose sight of that and then we become pretty fragile um, because then every little thing that happens, it's like, well, here's one more thing. You know, that's like the mentality, right? That's how you feel. It's like, well, great. Oh, yeah. You know, one more thing. Because like, you know, you had COVID and then everything got crazy and everybody's, you know, shutting down businesses and whatever. And then you have the whole Canada thing that's happening. And then you have Ukraine and Russia. And it's like, you know, the next thing that's going to happen, you're going to be like, well, of course, of course, this is happening too. See, see, this just reinforces my point. Um, but again, you're, you're not, you're only looking at the here and now you're not looking at the future. And I think it's why well, no, it's, it becomes, I think a lack of faith on our part, on my part. If I see that I, it's a lack of faith. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at myself in the mirror, relying on that person rather than walking out the door. And I know God doesn't live up, but figuratively looking up and trusting that God sits on his throne and he is truly in control. And he's told me that I need to be holy as he is holy. He's told me what I should be praying for and what I should be doing because those are the kind of things that sanctify me and that how I get to be more like him and more like those attributes. And I lose sight of that, and we all do. But I would say, that's a long answer, I'm sure, but I would say that's largely the, the, the basis of the reason of the why to keep going. I mean, we could certainly talk about and are going to talk about the how, and that kind of brings us to sort of the theme of this episode. We, we, we've, if you're a first-time listener, we've been um, our theme this season has been men of violence, and there's been different kinds of ways to be violent. And this particular one would be violence of will, and and this would be the will to do good, the will to endure. It's as much about endurance and your will to endure um, as it is about uh, will itself. Um, you're nodding. And I'm going to take a breath and let you say something here. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I'll, I'll, as we think about the will to to endure, God calls us to endure. But you go back to my whole black pill thing, man. What is it? It's just unbelief. It's a we we said it before. It's a lack of faith. It, it, we said it on the. Uh, it's just a lack of I think faith. The last episode, yeah. It doesn't acknowledge the most important part about all of this, which is that God is in control of everything, and that God we have God's promises about the future, about our suffering, about our work. Our labor is not in vain if it's done in the Lord. And so you think, you know, one of the things that I think I was kind of joking about the war with the cosmos or, (laughs) you know, and I think C.R. Wiley has done a great job of recapturing the the idea of a productive household and these things. Mm -hmm. And yet, I, I find even within myself a temptation to think, okay, yeah, but I'm, you know, I'm this far down the road. How do I even, what do I even do? And what's the, it almost feels pointless because I can't get to the end of what I want to get to. Like I'll never get to having complete independence from everything. So what's the point of even trying? People will think, right? We'll never get to these things. And that's where we were talking about the idea of long-term faith, realizing life doesn't end when I die. I got family. I got other generations that are coming after me. And um, that's when uh, you have to have faith, or if you want to call it the will to endure through trials and suffering, so that others can continue the work, right? God doesn't expect you and I to do the work all on our own in our own time. The building of the kingdom is is gradual. It's like the mustard seed uh, planted and it slowly grows. Or it's like in, in Deuteronomy when, when uh, Moses is telling Joshua about when they will go into the promised land, and God, th- God through Moses is telling Joshua, you're not going to conquer all those people right at once. It's not going to all happen all at one time. It's going to be gradual. For one, they're, 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 if you did it all at once, you would destroy all the crops and all the things, and, and uh, it, it, it wouldn't be good for you. And so God often gives us slow, g- gentle uh, progress that we have to maintain Realizing that, yes, in my life, if I'm 40, 45, 50, 35, and I'm hearing about the things about the patriarchy and about all these things, and I've not been doing them, you're tempted to think, "Ah, this is stuff I should have been doing when I was like 16. Like, I've wasted so much time that I'll never get back. And it's true. You won't. And so young men need to pay attention to this. But for us, I'm thinking older people, you have to realize, well, if you don't start now, you'll never be there. Furthermore, you may never get there. You may be like King David who wanted to build the temple and God says, no, your hands are covered with blood, right? Too much sin on your hands, but your sons will do it. And so David could have been like, well, there goes that. I'm not doing anything about it. Like, uh, 
I quit. I'm taking the black pill. It's just only going to get worse and worse and worse. Or David could did what he did, which was start laying the plans, start enabling it so that his sons can continue the progress. And so the building of the kingdom, the building even of, of your own household is a multi-generational project. And this is what takes faith and it takes love, right? Not just for yourself, but faith, multiple generations. So yeah, maybe it might seem silly to somebody to be like, I'm going to de-Google-fi my phone. Like, I thought that was silly at first. <laughs> and and then, um, but no, is it? Yeah, of course they can still come in and send a drone and blow up your house. But does, do you have to have faith? All right, and do we recognize that God put governments over top of us and all this stuff? It's not like... Even the language that we use sometimes is like, it's me versus the world, man. No, versus the, the, versus the cosmos, remember? Not just the world, <laughs> versus the it's cosmos. the cosmos. <laughs> the household and the war against the cosmos. cosmos. Sorry, our version of Sierra Wiley's book. Right <laughs> nice. What? Well, I said that's, that we're, we're going to have to rewrite that book for uh, C.R. Wiley, but... Hey, so hold that thought for a second. Let, let's take a quick break. Um, when we come back, let's talk about how to get there. So we, I think we've done a good job of kind of preparing everybody on, okay, this is kind of where we're at. This is where you're at. This is how to kind of recognize this, kind of how to fight against some of that stuff. And then now we got to get, how do we get there and how to, what, what kind of changes do we make? So let's take a quick break. Um, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some practical application on kind of how to do this. So sit tight with us. You are listening to The Patriarchy on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. We will be right back. Mr. Zuckerberg, I paid for an ad for a gardening course for men that I teach. No pansies gardening. But I got a notice that it's been removed for hate speech. I would like to submit for review, please, because we don't actually garden pansies. Signed, Al. Well, Al, good luck with that, because in about two seconds... Wait a second! I just got hit with another strike for submitting my request for a review? That doesn't seem fair. Yeah, Al, none of it does. <laughs> just you wait, buddy. Oh, come on! Another strike just for clicking the I don't agree button? And now I can't even post? How am I supposed to advertise now? Good question, Al. And I think I may have an answer for you. And for everyone else that's been in the same boat as you. Are you like Al? You got your own business and you need to advertise, but it seems all the normal platforms just aren't working out because, well, they're woke and you're not. Yeah, we've been there too, but we want to help. We have an ever-growing audience on our show and we're looking for Christian-owned businesses that want to advertise to men and women that are looking for honest, quality-driven products and services. If you like our show, our humor, and our production, Send us an email at contact at the patriarchypodcast.com with a brief description of your business, product, or service, 
along with the kind of advertising you're looking for on our show, and let's talk. Don't end up like poor Al over here. Oh, good grief! Now I have to submit my driver's license, a blood sample, and my firstborn child as tribute to Zuckerberg just to be able to submit another ad? Yeah, Al, it's not worth it, buddy. Send an email to contact at thepatriarchypodcast.com. Let's talk about advertising your business on our show outside of the confines of Zuckerberg and all the others. Gentlemen, Tony Dapani here from the Patriarchy Podcast. Do you like coffee? I do. The darker, the better. Joseph doesn't. He calls it bitter bean water, and that's because he drinks sweet tea, which is basically just brown Kool-Aid. He also doesn't know that I'm doing this commercial, and he's not here right now, so I could say whatever I want. Call it bitter bean water, or as you should, call it the nectar of the gods. Either way, coffee is a wonderful thing. That's why we've partnered with Mission First Coffee, a Christian-owned and operated coffee brand that ships that wonderful bean water straight to your doorstep. 10% of every order goes to Paul Washer's Heart Cry Missionary Society, and they've even got a no-questions money-back guarantee, which is crazy in today's day and age. So ditch the Dunkin', scrap the Starbucks, head over to missionfirstcoffee.com forward slash patriarchy to get some seriously good coffee and support our show. What are you waiting for? The gender-neutral barista at the local chain shop to ask if you want whipped cream with that latte? Come on, real men drink it black, and go support a company that will actually be remembered in the world to come. That's missionfirstcoffee.com forward slash patriarchy. And be sure to leave a comment with your order that you'd love to see a super dark patriarchy blend one day, because I think that'd be pretty cool. So head over to missionfirstcoffee.com forward slash patriarchy. Get yourself or a loved one or both a bag of beautiful bean water today. All right, folks, welcome back. Uh, before the break, we were talking about uh, Joseph taking the black pill. No, I'm just kidding. We were talking about kind of despairing at things that were going on in the world, uh, looking around it, thinking, uh, what's the point? Uh, what's the point in persevering through this? What's the point in making these changes? Uh, looking at other people. This is actually, I'm going to go into this point here in a sec. Looking at other people and thinking like, man, this guy's got it all together. And he had it all together way before I did. I'm at this age or this point in my life or whatever this point in my career it what's the point in doing it so let me touch on that for a second because that's that's something that i a couple years back when we were starting the show was something that was hard for me actually the more we got to meet and interview all of these other people um there was a sense at one point that it was like man this these guys the guy really have it together they have some really good points they're coming up with and it seems very effortless and uh Man, I wish I was like that, you know, when I was this guy's age, you know, there's guys we had on that were younger that just had it way more together in their mid to early 20s than I ever did back then. Um, guys that by the point they were at my age here, you know, that we've that we've interviewed that have just done way more than I have. And there's just kind of like this. How do I how do I be like this guy? I, I want to be like this guy. And then there's just kind of this this weird foreboding stress that comes out of it because you realize like I, well, I can't be that guy because I'm not that guy but that's sort of the answer is it's not that you can't set your sights on something 
uh, a good thing to do, um, a good thing to kind of persevere towards and press on towards, but it's that uh, I, I'm not going to be this other guy. And the reason is because I'm, I'm literally not that guy. That's not who God made me to be. You know, God didn't make me to be C.R. Wiley. You were talking about him. God didn't make me to be Chris. God didn't make me to be Doug Wilson. God didn't make me to be, you know, we had Tanner Cartwright, who's younger than me, that was on, you know, and had it way together way more, you know. And I, it didn't make me to be Tanner. He didn't make me these other guys that all have these different areas that they've really excelled in or done something, but he made me to be me. And yes, there was time that I absolutely wasted along the way, and you have to recognize that, and you have to repent of it and just admit it to yourself and to God, but you can't just wallow in it and use that as an excuse to just never do anything. You have to just go, okay, I've figured out this is the area where I have failed in, and I've wasted all this time or resources or whatever it might be. Now I know what I need to go do, and then you just have to pray to God and have faith and ask him to give you wisdom and the perseverance to do it. And then you just have to step out in faith and actually go try to do it. And I think the big thing for me was the sort of freeing thing is to kind of realize I can appreciate these other guys without like just desiring to actually be that person. And it's a freeing thing to go, no, I'm who I was made to be at this point. And yes, I've made mistakes. I've repented of that. I've, I've, you know, focused that uh, away from that now and now I'm going to move on and so now what can I do what can I do you know to give glory to God and kind of realizing to myself that I I'm not the destination you know it's not about me per se um that I'm I'm kind of a vehicle in getting to that destination and, and we all kind of are we're we're all building towards this legacy towards a a mission down the road the, you know towards the future and then I think things that started to really help me were figuring out what are all of the like distractions in my life. And that kind of went sort of into the de-googling phone thing. I thought about that before I actually even started down that road. But we have, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, WhatsApp, uh, you name it. I mean, it keeps going, you know, Gab, everything. And I'm not saying necessarily it's bad to have that. MySpace. <laughs> some people, some people, uh, some people like Keith Daryl. Yeah, Keith, I still remember that post you made. Um, that's an inside joke, people. He's on our network, and uh, apparently he uh, opened a MySpace account like way after it was a thing. Um, but well, my point being is that there's a lot of distractions, even just in the social media thing. There's a lot of distractions with news, okay? There are so many people that just either watch the news nonstop, watch it before they go to bed, um, read through it all day on their phone and focus on everything that's going on. And it, it just really weakens them into doing anything else. Um, useless things. Um, I'm not saying you can't have entertainment, but it, it shouldn't be the focus of your entire day or the focus of your phone or computer or your family or whatever. Um, but trying to eliminate distractions and trying to just streamline your life. And and you're the more I do that, and this is still a process I'm in, but the more I do that, the more I declutter digitally, the more I declutter even physically. Um, you know, the whole Jordan Peterson thing, right? That made him famous, you know, clean your room. It actually does help. <laughs> it really does. If you walk into uh, a room that is just in disarray, uh, it is 
very much a scientific thing that for most people, it causes them to not focus. It causes them to not feel as organized. So I think there's a lot of things like that you can do, but you can't, you can't discount the absolute importance of reading your Bible and praying. And I would also add into that, um, good company, meaning your, your local church, the people that are in it, the men that are around you, um, Guys that are not afraid to tell you, you know, as man, we haven't said this phrase in a long time, but suck it up, buttercup, and be a man. Uh, that's a that's a throwback to a very early episode. But guys that are really going to push you on to do good, and also guys that are going to help you when you fail. And the more I do that, the more I'm emboldened to try new things and fail, and know that I'm probably going to fail somewhere along the way, and just have faith that I'm my attempt to do great things for God, even if I fail in it and have to do it two, three more times trying to do it, um, is still giving glory to him because I'm, I'm trying to do these things like for him. Uh, what's the, what's the quote from Martin Luther? Uh, sin boldly. Right. Uh, yeah. I thought you were going to say, uh, um, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. <laughs> I don't think Martin Luther said that. <laughs> Oh, that's not Martin Luther. Oh, no, I have a dream. I have a dream. That's Martin Luther King. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, wow. Okay. And now I know where all the bourbon went to I, off I, of the uh, barbecue I believe bourbon. in a world stuff. in which men and fish can coexist. Okay. Oh, anyway, oh, goodness, this just took a weird turn. Sorry. Yes, but my point being is, is don't be George afraid Bush to quote, don't, so. yeah, yeah. don't be afraid to fail. And it don't. I mean, you, you can't be afraid to fail because it will paralyze a lot of people. And I think a lot of this, there's faithlessness in us that we don't have faith that God really is in control uh, and that God, even when things look out of control as they do right now, that God is still orchestrating that for, for the good of his people. Um, and then I think part of that, part of that faithlessness is that, that fear of failure because it's like, well, if I fail at this, you know, it's going to destroy me or it's going to, you know, I'm never going to be able to do anything good ever again or anything like that. And that's just not true. Um, you know, God can do a lot with very little and can do a lot with trying something. I, well, I mean, to give a, I mean, to give a good example, um, and I'll be completely honest with this, when, when you and I started the show, um, I was afraid of doing the show at first. Not like terrified of it, but I was a couple things. I was afraid of what are people going to think? And I was afraid of uh, what if we can't do it? Like what if it comes out not sounding well? What if we don't build an audience and things like that? And if anybody's ever followed the show and knows the story of our show, um, I remember at one point you said to me like, yeah, man, let's just do it. And yeah, let's just do it. And we just decided we were going to do it. And I remember we prayed about it and I prayed about it. And I just thinking, well, God, I'm just going to try and do this and we're going to try and make it the best we can. And I really did. I, I've tried very hard to make this sound really good. And we both tried to make this just a really good show. And at the very beginning, we had absolutely no listeners and nothing. And then if, again, if you ever follow the show, you know, I'll, I'll shorten the story down, but basically we didn't have any money to do it. I lost my job. Joseph was a church plant pastor. And all of a sudden, after making uh, our need known for money to start the show and basically get equipment within 15 minutes, we had everything in our bank account to the penny. 
and which blew both of our minds. And then it was like, well, now we got to figure out an audience. I don't know where you do. We never did a podcast before. And next thing we know, Gabe Wrench from CrossPolitik is texting me while I'm mowing the lawn and asking us if we want to have a phone call to be in the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, having never known us. And it was just one of these things that I'm not saying that happens to everybody every time, but I remember being super humbled by it because I remember thinking like, man, I... I was all afraid we were going to fail at this, you know, and whatever. And now look at what God's doing and and honoring our faithfulness and trying to do this. And so I'm just saying, just be courageous and step out and do it, but have the will to fail. Like, just push through it. Know that you're going to have failure in your life and you're going to fail at things, but attempt big things and you're going to fail big, but then you're going to get back up and try it again and just have faith in God that he will provide for you and that he is ultimately in control and, and stop being fearful. I, I tell myself that all the time. Stop being afraid. <laughs> stop being anxious about this. Stop being afraid and just go do it. Yeah. There's one other thing that I, I think is, uh, well, I'm going to piggyback on the not being afraid thing. And I, I know we've talked about this before is the courage is being scared to death and getting up on your horse and riding anyways. Uh, I think that was Martin Luther or John Wayne. <laughs> Wait, the same era. I mean, certainly, right? <laughs> yeah, right. John, John Wayne. You no, know, according you know. to some feminists, I mean, Christianity in America is all about John Wayne anyways. Absolutely, John. So. John, John Wayne was the one that, uh, didn't he shoot the 95 Thesis into the, the door, right? Yep. He didn't nail it in, I don't think. He just put yep. his gun up to the door. Was. Okay. <laughs> all right. So anyways... There's that, the quote there, it always is a guiding quote to me. There's others uh, that are very important, but Scripture says over and over again, don't be afraid. Fear not, I'm with you. And I think one of the things we've been talking about, one of the things that like I was kind of mentioning was the idea of results. And, you know, if you read Manosphere or you talk about listen to men podcasts and everything everything is all about results like what's the results man you got to get the results and oftentimes they're talking merely in humanistic terms and so um i think we have to be careful of that as well and so the whole the whole the kind of the scenario we we talked about at the beginning is all based on what a human results look like not that we don't have care for, care for fruit and bearing fruit and those things, and we want our labors to to have results here on earth. But what what is the results we're we're seeking? Well, Jesus said, "Where do you store up your treasure? You store it up in heaven." And so the 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 work that you do, multi generational, the work of building up your home, and all these things is really ultimately not about the results of doing that here on earth. Those are the the fruits that come, but they're not the goal. Uh, The book of Proverbs is all about wisdom and the pursuit of wisdom, and with it comes lots of great benefits and results from an earthly perspective. But again, that's not the goal. Like when you're seeking earthly riches, you will not be happy. When you're seeking, if if your goal in in having a productive household is to have a household where all your things are 
are completely met. Like you, you have no dependence on everyone else and you're completely financial viable and all that stuff. That's a good minor goal. But if, if that is your, your, your end goal, you'll never reach it for one and you'll never be satisfied. And then you'll, you'll fail. Then you'll be, you'll just give up. Uh, um, Bonhoeffer has this book called Life Together, and he talks about how this happens in churches where somebody will come in as a visionary dreamer. That is, they have like a, a vision about how everything's supposed to go. And he says, God hates visionary dreamers because they come in to the church and they have this vision of how it all should go. And if it doesn't go according to their plan, according to their goals, he says they first become the accuser of the brethren, then they become the accuser of God, and then they become the accuser of themselves, actually. <laughs> and and they fall away, basically. And and now that's like with visionary dream, but the same thing is like if your goal and hearing everything about what well, we talk about the patriarchy and all this stuff, if your goal is like, I have to have respect, like I, my wife has to respect me. If that's your goal and that's what you're aiming for all the time, you're going to fail. Mm -hmm. You'll become an accuser against your wife, yep. Yep. an accuser against yourself, and ultimately against God. But if your heart and your goal is in the kingdom of God is pleasing God and you you storing up treasure in heaven then the way you store up treasure in heaven is by faithfulness in all the different areas God gives you here on earth including to try and have a productive house including trying to be a godly man and trying to be a man that is respectable so that your wife would respect you a man who does lead your home and does uh you know isn't enslaved to the government and, and everyone else. Uh, those are ways in which you store up treasure in heaven. But there's always the tendency, the temptation to take, in one sense, kind of the, the, the means of storing up that treasure, which is by faith, and instead make them the goal. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is that's basically works righteousness when you're doing that. And it's... Uh, it's just never satisfying. You will be, you'll give up because what is the point? What's the point of building up a household that when Joe Biden decides to go to war with Putin, if that happens, can be destroyed? You know, the economy can tank it. What What's the point? Amen. Well, if your goal is only on those things... Yeah, of course, you're black-pilled. But huh, the white pill, if we're going to put it that way, is if your goal is in the treasures of heaven, then all your labor and all those things, even if it results in crumbling here on earth, is not in vain. The Lord promises that. So that's my encouragement about it, is taking everything you've said, Tony, but then just making sure that our ultimate, ultimate goal, our focus our obsession, like like Peter says, fix your eyes firmly on the hope to be yours in Christ Jesus. 
Like I've talked about it recently at church. It ought to be our obsession, the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. That's what it means to be fixed. So focused. And then that, it, it, that's the antidote. And it's not like the dispensational, all oh, the end times is every time we're coming around, nor is it pie in the sky. We're avoiding issues. Like things happen and you're like, oh, it doesn't really matter because Jesus is in control. And, you know, you're full if you're ever concerned about those things. That's that's like a bury your head in the sand kind of deal. But there's some difference between that and focused on Christ, focused on our hope to be with him, focused on he will reward us. And and there's a difference between that and the bury your head kind of deal. So I was thinking it's like <clears throat> you ever been you, you need to get your family somewhere, especially if you have to like walk somewhere. I'm guilty of this at times. I'm kind of a speed walker. Um and sometimes <laughs> You know, especially if you, if you have, you know, as a man, you got the mission in mind, like you're going on a hike, right? You're going to, I, we do this with my, my kids and my wife and I'll be like, all right, we got to get up there. And there's like this hill and you're hiking up there. And the next thing you know, is you look back and you're, you're like talking and you're like, oh yeah, look guys, look at that tree. This is really great. All right. Sun's going down. We got to get there. And then you look back and you're like, my family is like half a mile back <laughs> and I didn't realize it left him behind. And then you're like, oh, now we got to hurry up. We got to do this. And it's because, you know, I was so... I'm putting this on me. I was so laser focused on uh, what I was doing to get there that I wasn't paying attention to what was going on around me. And then there's also the, I mean, you've talked about it numerous times in the show. We always say this, there's, there's two ditches on every road. The other ditch is just not going at all. Well, I know my kids are going to be slow and I know that my wife's going to want to stay with the kids and we're probably not going to get there on time or I'm going to have to carry somebody up the hill. So what's the point in going? And that's not godly either. You know, the answer is to have a plan and, and make sure that you're, you know, leading your kids and your home rightly and getting them down that path to go there. And then what you do along the way does matter. And you may, along the way, get mad and pop off and then have to repent of it to your kids. And then also along the way, you may have a great conversation as you're showing one of your little boys, for example, how to help his littler brother up a hill so that you can help one of the other kids. And my point in having that whole analogy is that, uh, yeah, I was talking about some things you could do or learn how to do or maybe some material things. But in the back of my head as well, I was the entire time thinking about things like, you know, maybe you listen to another episode of ours and you realize, man, I need to start doing family worship uh, with my kids or I need to have, you know, some kind of Bible reading life, you know, like I need to start doing that every day, or uh, I need to get my finances in order, or I need to actually get into a good church and stop hopping around every church. Um, all of those things matter, and you need to start prioritizing things to get there. That's one thing that at times I've been very guilty of is just seeing all of the things I need to do and trying to do everything. <laughs> All at the same time. And that's just not possible. And I have slowed that down, prioritized those things, and tried to make sure that along the way, I'm not only focusing on the things I need to do, but I'm helping my wife do what she needs to do. I'm helping my kids do what they need to do to grow up to be good, God fearing individuals. And at the end of the day, 
when I failed at some point or entirely, or, you know, at some point you're going to fail during the day, of course. But at the end of the day, looking back on it and asking myself, did I set out to do all of this for the glory of God? Or did I set out to do all of this, as you were saying, just so people would respect me? And if I did it for the glory of God, even if I failed, uh, I feel like it's been a good day. And I can go to sleep, and I can sleep soundly, and I get up the next day, and I can start back in on wherever I was before in the day before and pick it up and hopefully improve and ask God to do it. And like we were saying before, have faith and uh, stop being afraid. And I'm as much saying that to myself as anybody else uh, listening. That being said, we're going to end this episode here for today. Uh, there's a whole lot more we could say. I, I do feel like we've recapped a few things we said before. So if you haven't listened to, especially this season's uh, episodes from uh, 2021 to, into 2022 now, um, I would go back and listen to some of them. Um, I think those would be really helpful for you. Uh, we do have ones. If, if you heard something here, like about family worship or uh, things like that, uh, we do have an episode on that, which is further back. You can go back and find in the podcast feed. I would encourage you to do that. But most of all, like we've been saying, uh, have faith. Don't be afraid. Um, put your faith in God and go out and attempt great things and fail big and then pick yourself back up and go do it again. Uh, don't take the black pill. Take the, I don't know if a white pill is a real thing, Joseph, but take the white pill. <laughs> it, is, it, it is a real thing. Okay, there we go. It's a real thing. It just sounded a little too white nighty, but uh, go for it. Take the white pill or whatever you want to call it. Um, if you want to support our show and you are listening to this and you are a first time listener, we are part of what's called the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Uh, we do have memberships. Uh, for the network, uh, which actually gets you access to behind-the-scenes materials, uh, different shows, episodes. We have another show called After the Sandwich, which is for members only. It does not matter what tier you sign up for. You will get access to it. Uh, if you want to do that and you want to support our show and support the network, as there are other shows in the network, go to fightlefties.com, click to sign up to become a member, and use the code PATRIARCHY when you do if you want to go support our show. And if you like coffee and also want to support our show, go to missionfirstcoffee.com slash patriarchy. And you can get yourself some really good coffee. I have personally had this coffee. Uh, they came to our last conference. It is excellent coffee, and it does go to support a good cause. This is a Christian-owned business. That's missionfirstcoffee.com forward slash patriarchy to get yourself some coffee. And a little bit of that goes to help support our show and help continue us to grow. So until next time, if you have not yet bowed your knee to Christ, repent and believe. And if you have, this is our call to you. Build fight, protect, lead. This is The Patriarchy.